Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Donald Trump shared an insulting Christmas message to some politicians and prosecutors. You can see some of it. We'll pull it up here for you. Some of the attacks on, there's a lot right there, on Truth Social, writing things like deranged prosecutor Jack Smith or the unselect January 6th committee. He went on to call Nancy Pelosi crazy, President Joe Biden crooked. Joining us now, former Republican strategist and pollster uh, Lee Carter, CNN political commentator Jamal Simmons, and politics reporter for Semaphore, Shelby Talcott. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good to have you here. Um, one thing that I think is really striking is some of the language that Trump is using is not hurting him in Iowa among uh, Republican voters. In fact, this Des Moines Register poll shows that when he says things like, you know, immigrants are poisoning the blood of America or the radical left thugs are like vermin, p people are saying it's more makes them more likely to support him. 42 percent it's more likely to support him in Iowa. Yeah, a lot of the voters that I talked to on the ground have the mentality that, A, this is just sort of something you have to deal with when Donald Trump is involved, and B, they view this rhetoric as that fighter mentality that we talked about last week. And it's like, it's been really interesting because this rhetoric isn't taken like a lot of the media is taking it. Taking it. It's just taken as this guy is a fighter, he's using this language because he cares about us. And on the flip side, uh, you've seen Trump's opponents really use these examples as reasons not to vote for him. They cite the chaos. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 27th of December, year of Lord 2023. That's CNN. Republican voters don't want to. <laughs> Republican voters are all fucking meanie butts. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, quick show today. I'm not going to go too long. Going to have a little uh, Christmas stuff up front. Sorry, I just got done wolfing down a snack. I just got back from the doctors. And uh, some politics and some woke. And that's today's in a nutshell. Thought we'd start with some Christmas. Christmas. Let's play Santa for our favorite Democrats. What would you bring for them? Nancy Pelosi, a new hammer. Teeth. Vodka and mean shit. Yeah, I don't like it. I think it's kind of fucked up. Personally, I do. CNN. If Jesus was born, he'd be born under rubble. No, that's not Gaza. Yeah. So, there's that. Might want to check your map, but that's a CNN reporter, so let's be honest, that's that's what we get. 
Some Monday morning memes I thought were really fucking funny because Christmas was on Monday, of course. <laughs> when you got to work on your birthday. <laughs> uh, we bought gold frankincense for you, Jesus. And the picture is... Um, but wait, there's more. <laughs> and a bunch of other silly ones. I don't think it's fine. Some of our favorite responses for breaking Santa Claus news. Breaking Santa Claus en route to North America shortly. I'm waiting for the community note. I don't get the joke on this. Are you sure it's not just another balloon? Yeah, these are all stupid. Should have checked this before I started going on about. Oh, that looks stupid. <clears throat> Sorry, I put this together really quick because I wasn't going to do this. Media says Biden's drama-free White House is America underappreciated Christmas gift. Joe Biden's drama-free White House is America's most underappreciated Christmas gift, says Jeff Myers. And this one was in WBUR. Hmm. We had anal sex and cocaine just in the last couple months, so I don't... Huh. Here's what he said. With Hanukkah just over and the Christmas fast approaching, Americans are thinking a lot about gifts these days. According to Gallup, in fact, we're on the place to spend more this holiday season than we have in the quarter century. Much of the reason for this is attributed to President Joe Biden's economic recovery. Few the possible that when he came in office under his watch, inflation is plummeted. No sign of recession. GDP growth was at 5% last quarter with historically low unemployment and robust wage growth. The central mystery of this holiday season for Biden is why the American people seem to regard this booming economy as a lump of coal. Well, Taylor Swift supported him. That was news yesterday. So they got her to say something, which, you know, might help him with the 12-year-olds, but I don't know. I, I seriously don't understand how you vote for either one of these motherfuckers. Personally, as I said a couple podcasts ago, this is one of the first Christ, uh, Christmases, one of the first elections. I'm debating whether I'm even voting because they suck so goddamn bad. I didn't want to vote for Trump in 2020, but I had to because I couldn't vote for a guy who literally couldn't form two sentences. Something happened to Biden in his basement. He got sick. They covered it up. Now we're stuck with this guy who's brain dead. He can't be president. But Trump's an idiot. And this is what we have. This is just fucking pathetic. Just just pathetic. Taylor Lorenz. Oh, God. She actually had the fucking balls to post this again. This is the fourth Christmas in a row that she's not celebrating Christmas because of a COVID virus that is non-existent. I go to a gym. I'm not sick. I don't understand these people. Biden came out again with this. And once again, not a Trumper. Not Republican, not Democrat. I think everybody fucking sucks, and they all should go to hell and die. All of them. They suck. But this right here, with the unity. Get the fuck out of here, Joe. Come on, Joe. 
Come on, man. Are you serious with the unity again? He came back out with unity again. I don't understand how you could come out with unity in this administration that tells everybody, if you don't agree with us, you're fucking... Let's be honest. You're, 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 you're fucked. You're an insurrectionist. You're Jim Crow 2.0. You're Jim Eagle, as he said. I don't know what that means, but... The media is so into protecting this president. This is the Boston Globe's picture for Christmas. Look what I brought you, folks. This ought to make things merry and bright. Record low employment, inflation employment, recession update. Not feeling it. Worst Christmas ever. Worst Santa ever. Historic gap between strength of economy and public perception. The problem is you guys are living in a fucking fairy land. Just fairy fucking land. Everything costs too much. The people that are saying this are people that are rich, so you don't notice it. Back when I was rich, 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 rich during the recession, I was making the most money I ever made. I didn't notice it because I was rich. Did you wish Merry Christmas to Julie Ihoff? Do you guys remember this? Julie Ihoff was literally um, the one who said, don't wish me Merry Christmas. So every year these people wish her Merry Christmas. I haven't gone to Twitter in so fucking long. I don't do that shit anymore. It's mean, but she deserved it because why shit on people's Christmas? This was New York Times guest that I'm Gaza City's mayor, our lives and culture in rubble, but they did not bring the Israelis on who got killed like big time. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't cover that. Why would we? This one, um, yeah, this is, uh, Somehow this doesn't surprise me. This is this is where we're at for politicians nowadays. I'll give credit where credit is due. If you're enjoying the 70 degree weather on Christmas Eve in Missouri, thanks thank Tony Lesvesco and his climate denying friends. I go the extra mile to deliver results for my constituents. Here we are again. Last week or last podcast is that it was super cold because of climate change. Now we all had a warm Christmas. It's climate change. Tomorrow I'm going to have snow here. It's climate change. When it melts off, it's climate change. It's just all climate change. More Gaza from the the merry fucking press. This fucking idiot, Kenneth Roth, who we all know to be a liberal, pretending to be a fucking journalist. He comes out with that picture for Christmas. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. On Christmas Day, the New York Times, instead of talking about something positive, like maybe some rich celebrity buying people presents or some shit, no, Clarence Thomas is a piece of shit. But if you did that, if he had a D behind his name, that's racist. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this one is about COVID, which I thought it was really funny. Um, 
I did check Twitter out on, well, I don't know, whenever the Chiefs played and they lost to the Raiders. And I was waiting to see the people melt down, the Brads, Chads, Dads, whatever that fucking shit Taylor Swift said um, about her being on TV a million times, like on the billboard and every time you turned around. So there was a guy posting every picture they did of her, which is really funny. It's not her fault or Travis Kelsey's fault. It's just that the media are trying to get clicks and they're trying to do shit. I get it. But all I saw was Mr. Jab for Kelsey. I, I was amazed how many people hate Kelsey. And it had nothing to do with Taylor Swift, which I expected a bunch of guys that have, you know, a crush on Taylor Swift to be like, fuck that guy. But no, it was about his, he did another commercial for Pfizer or some shit, and everybody hates him for it. I thought that was interesting. Hollery Bryden, oh my God, what do we do? We have 18 people coming tonight for dinner, and both my husband and I just tested positive. We tested because we're asking everybody to provide a negative COVID before entering. No way can we cancel. Some guests came from across the country. And it was a joke, I guess. Uh, really? We're about to get into the good shit. Here is the Biden administration. Happy Kwanzaa. Because, you know, that's a thing some guy made up because he hated white people. If you actually research it. I have great memories of my early trips overseas to visit Kwanzaa, Joe Biden. (laughs) When I was young, Kwanzaanians back in Scranton, Pennsylvania... This invented holiday, great for the invented administration. Joe Biden Sr. used to t- take little Joey and the rest of the family out to see a drag show to celebrate every Kwanzaa. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's, that's really fucking funny. Then we get into uh, religion, because of course it's, it's Christmas, and for Christians, it's a big deal. The rest of us do it for secular reasons, and it's because we like to give our people, you know, people we love presents and just be nice and shit, but fuck that. We've got to be assholes. This is the Satanic Temple of Michigan put up a Satan statue in front of the Michigan Capitol. Michigan Democrat staffer Samantha Skorkia posed with it and, and praised it, calling it sexy before quickly deleting her tweet. Internet's forever, but of course, it's Christmas, so you do it. Another thing that was really interesting, there's a bunch of shit about It's a Wonderful Life, and I don't watch it anymore because I watched it so many times, I hate that movie. I watched The Family Man because that one's more current and up. And it's true. We all wish we had something else, right? We covet what we can't have, so we want to be rich. And one of the scenes where he's at the bar and he goes, God, please help me, that was never scripted. But he just got back from war and he was fucked up. And I thought, you know, I did not know that. That's really interesting. It was completely unscripted. I also went to the um, On Hat Entertainment, and it's a YouTube channel. And that freaking channel, man, the stuff about just, just um, Christmas, uh, uh, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. That freaking thing was amazing. All the stuff that was cut out of it, it was amazing. It was even a scene where the when they went to get the tree, the guy said, well, I'll give you a shovel or you can have a saw. If you brought your own saw, because I don't have saws. And that whole scene was cut out. And I thought, how horrible would that be to be in a movie? And you th- Well, you think you're going to be in a movie. 
And then your whole scene is cut out. And there's so many scenes. The, the crazy toupee-wearing dude and, and the old lady, they had all sorts of lines. It was all gutted, and the movie is completely different. It's like a completely different movie. It's pretty cool. And then, of course, we've got to shit on people. So this is a CNN religious com- uh, commentator. The story of Chris is about a Palestinian Jew born in, into occupied com- country having to flee to refugees into Egypt. And then another one, Republican Christians when they're trying to enter heaven. What I'm so struck by is that the story of Christmas is about a Palestinian Jew. How often do you find those words put together? A Palestinian Jew born into a time when his country was occupied, right? They can't find a place for her to even give birth, his mother. They're homeless. They eventually have to flee as refugees into Egypt, no less. I mean, you can't make up the parallels to our current world situation right now. No, rien de rien. No, je ne regrette rien. Ni le bien. I mean, there's so much we want to talk so to you about. So much to talk about. We, so we, I, talk I don't about. want to. I don't want to for uh, not cover immigration because yes, that's obviously yes. a huge issue. Yes. What's going on at the southern border right now? Obviously, all presidents grapple with what to do yes. with immigration. Everybody agrees some type of immigration reform is is needed. Where does immigration fall on President Biden's to do list? Wow. He's thinking about a second yes. term. Yes. He doesn't have a Congress on his side for no. this. Where does it fall in terms of a second? It term? is a priority. We know that as it relates to the border security specifically, it is a priority for Americans. That's why, let's not forget, on day one of this president's administration, the first legislation that he put forth to Congress was on immigration reform, a comprehensive immigration reform. So it's about three years, and we have not seen any action on that, and we want to work with Congress on that. And so right now, there is, as you all have reported, there's this bipartisan, hopefully a bipartisan agreement that we will get to, to deal with border security, because it's so important. When Congress comes back, we hope Congress takes You know, I'm all for being able to have free speech and all that kind of fucking shit. But what I understand about the left is you don't even believe in religion, but yet you talk about religion more than people that are religious. And back when I was a kid, yeah, you had to fucking missionary and go to church. That was the way we are, and it was pushed, and it was wrong. But now you guys push anti-religion more than the religious people. I don't hear anybody talking about Jesus anymore. I don't even hear politicians. So the whole white Christian nationalist bullshit that you guys keep talking about... I don't know any white Christian nationalists. And I live in the fucking South where I'm supposed to be surrounded by a bunch of KKK, motherfucking white sheet wearing white Christian nationalists, mega insurrectionists, transphobe, homophobe, sexist, racist. And I don't see any. Live on a block where we have every goddamn flag for every group you ever want, including 45 fucking different LGBT flags because nobody knows which one it is now. And nobody gives a fuck because you live your own life. Do you? Whatever that is. Have fun. Have a good time. But you guys shit on Christians all the time. And, you know, as a person that used to be super religious, that pisses me off. Because, you know, I don't say shit about Islam or Jews or Catholics or atheists or any of that shit. Because this is a country 
about freedom of speech and religion. And the reality is, now the only freaking religion that's or persecuted is Christians. Because the left thinks that Christians are costing the country because they keep voting for the wrong person. And they also blame for COVID and climate change and why you can't get a good burger at Burger King. And yet, I don't... I, every time I see the stats, Christian, there's less Christians. There's more non-religious people. There, people aren't getting married anymore. I mean, come on. So, anyway. Last thing, and then we're going to roll straight into some Gaza stuff. We're going to have a Gaza, uh, little literal CNN guy cry. Um, the White House staff going crazy, and then a guy going off, or a pro-Palestinian yelling at a Jewish uh, rabbi. Well, we don't know the exact circumstances of Gadi's death. We have been hearing from hostages newly released who talk about uh, just a total information blackout, being separated from their loved ones, sometimes being held down in underground tunnels, hearing every single airstrike, feeling like maybe they were forgotten about. 73 years old, that's the same age as my parents. Um, can't imagine what their families are, have been going through and feeling. Poppy, um, but this is the situation for families here in Israel, families throughout this whole conflict who've been losing loved ones every single day. Um, Israel's been trying uh, and has made an initial offer to Hamas for a week-long pause in fighting in exchange for people like Gadi, who presumably would have been in need of urgent medical care if he'd been shot so badly back on October 7th, given that we know that all the hospitals in northern Gaza have been leveled. Just a handful of hospitals in the south are operational functional, barely functional at this stage. Uh, he, along with his wife, Judy, one of the last remaining women uh, who are being held, and they both, of course, in, in their 70s, so they fit the category of elderly, they might have been able to go home had this hostage deal been able to come together, but Hamas rejected that offer, uh, not in any rush to uh, negotiate too quickly, hoping they can get more concessions out of Israel, including the exchange of their own high-level uh, potential militants uh, who've been convicted of crimes here to get handed over in exchange for these women and elderly and patients desperately in need of medical care that Israel is asking to get back as soon as possible. If I could, before, before you go, there is the UN vote today finally on potentially a pause and much more aid for Gaza. What do we know? Well, what this means is that finally the United States, which has delayed uh, these votes repeatedly as they pour over the language of this. The U.S. has vetoed past U.N. resolutions for calling for a ceasefire, calling for a, a, a procedure to get desperately needed humanitarian aid into Gaza, uh, partially because they're concerned that there wasn't strong enough language condemning Hamas for starting this, for coming into Israel unprovoked and uh, murdering hundreds of, of people on October this U.N. has expressed that there is no safe zones in the south, and now Israel is encouraging people to move more to the south. So is it a collective punishment again? And we're going to see more civilians dying in the south because there is no see, safe zones? We don't want to see a single more civilian killed. We don't want to see a, see a single more civilian injured. We don't want to see uh, damage to civilian infrastructure like hospitals. Uh, and we have made that case and will continue to make that case to our Israeli counterparts. But you don't want to see... But nothing is, is changing on the ground. The CNN producer lost nine members of his uh, family today. Uh, killing journalists, over 60 journalists died on the ground, even in South Lebanon. They're not a target. They were clearly journalists. What, what's really happening? So if we, if we call Hamas a designated terrorist group, a, a killing 
civilians, as a non-sector player, is it also Israel acting like a third state, killing humans, civilians, unarmed people, journalists, every day? So again, we don't want to see civilian casualties. And, and sorry, just one more point. It's okay. Uh, I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but Hamas, Hamas, deliberately slaughtered and murdered some 1,200 people on the 7th of October, and it seems like we're all willing to forget that. Deliberately. It was their intent. And, and to take hostages. They actually... If you have a problem, okay. free Palestine, kill yourself. Kill myself? Yeah, go ahead. You said I should kill myself? Yeah, I'm only 11 and you can't do anything about you it because I'm in Canada. You said I should kill myself? I mean, if yeah. you want to. I am going to report you to the police. I'm oh my 11. God. I'm 11. You, you, you said kill oh myself? He's 11. You told me to kill oh myself. How you fighting an 11 year old? You should choose your daughter? You let her tell her to people to kill herself? Oh my God. You should. She said I should kill myself. I'm putting him on the news. You want to to die so badly that you can't even kill myself? Hope, say you're sorry. Say you're sorry. I'm not sorry. You want me to kill myself because I'm Jewish? You want Jews to die? Teach your family. How much hatred do you teach your family? How much hatred do you have? How much hatred? How much hatred do you have? Kill myself. So condemn what you said. That is one of the most horrible things I've ever heard. Go kill yourself. Really? So we launched some attacks, which you know, once again, if it was a Republican, remember Trump's Benghazi. Was Africa? Yeah. You notice how we don't even talk about that anymore? Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. Let me see what we got here. Um, I don't think I have something for that. So, yeah, it's all sound bites. Um, let me just get through these because I don't remember. Donald Trump has times turned to baseless and misleading claims about immigration during rallies. That's how they covered the border. And I think I got the thing. There it is. Yeah. Most ever. But we talked about Trump when there's videos like this. I missed this on Hamas. Uh, discovered Osama bin Laden would they support killing Americans and this just you know I'm gonna play this tape I'm gonna play this hold on we want to train our our fighters to strike back against American interests around the world and in the homeland oh interesting we got to fight back I know. you know and America's destroying the world and we want to we want to secure it for a strike against against the home against the American homeland to fund and help its enemies around the world strike back against American interests, both abroad and in the homeland. Okay, that sounds great. So back, I'm sorry, back to the uh, border. It's like seven, eight million people they've let in. And if you don't think it is a replacement theory, you're on crack. And that goes just, <laughs> folks, it's not just for freaking conservative and white people. It's for African-Americans. It's for everybody. 
they want to have total control. And they realize if they bring in 20 million motherfuckers that are already in the country and you bring another 8 million, that's a whole fucking six or seven states. And then you give them citizenship if you win again. And guess what? You never lose an election. And that's fucking scary if you think about it. I, I'm all fucked up. Sorry. <laughs> We're just, just a, Zionism is the single most destructive ideology to have ever existed. And I know I'm squinting it because I unfortunately have everything at 50% today. I think w- there have been a few other ideologies that were more destructive. Communism, socialism, fascism. Um, here's the deal. There is... Um, there's... There's fucking... Every religion has a thing, right? That their thing is the best thing. Zionism is just a concept that should be a Jewish state because there was. There are all sorts of Arab states. We all understand this, right? And all these Palestinians could go there, but they can't because the Arab states don't want them to go there because they're all a bunch of fucking zealots who dig underground bunkers and shit and steal aid and now living down there. So, once again, to say... Jewish are fucked up people. Let Canada launch rockets in here. Paraglide in and kill 1,700 people in Michigan and see what the fuck we do. We'd be jade-damming the fuck out of Toronto. So just shut the fuck up with this shit. Excuse my cursing, but man, every time I cover this subject, I'm like, you guys are so ignorant. You have no clue. And I got no ties to anything. I'm not Jewish. I don't give a fuck about anything but America. And all I know is half the American people are stupid as fuck. And all you listen to is idiots online who don't know shit. And you run with it. This is a complicated issue that we've been finger fucking. Sorry, that's vulgar. Fucking with since I was a kid. And I'm 56. That's a long fucking time. We've had peace agreements. We had Arafat. We've done Camp David shit, nothing's changed. It's like abortion. It's like the border. We don't change it because if we changed it, we can't call the other side garbage people. Back to Biden. President Joe Biden wants the American comedy reported the right way. And I should have had that up front because guess what? What did we see? They are doing it. They're doing it. So uh, we're going to do one really quick. This is another one. And then we're going to do some sound bites. And then we're going to move on to woke. We're in election season, and every time we're in election season, either little twat Mr. Potato Head or this twat. Please, newspapers, I must know more about internal politicking at Harvard University. Put more porters on it. I need to know who is internally popular at the executive level one college insatiable. It is the most important thing in the world. Misinformation cops want you to ignore obvious examples of plagiarism by Harvard President Claudia Gay because reasons. Beware the gatekeepers of misinformation who pretend that it's somehow in various interest if accurate information is kept quiet. Let me see if I can get this fucking picture. Folks, this is serious shit. She stole another black woman's work, and now you're going to say it's cool because she hates Kate's whitey? I mean, what the fuck? So, 
to sound bites. First, CNN report on threat against Colorado judges. PBS media obligation to protect democracy and extremism. And we have a, uh, who the fuck is this guy? Uh, oh, it's this one. ABC argues is toxic to question integrity of the Justice Department. The Denver police did have to respond um, to what they said was a hoax report at one of the justices residences. No specific threats to the justices uh, in those forums from what we understand. So no specific threats at this time that are requiring law enforcement to make arrests. Those are very non-specific threats at this time. There has also been generally law enforcement looking into the discussion about these justices on online forums, particularly uh, some general discussion among extremists uh, and people who are pro-Trump. Historians of fascism and veteran reporters warn that the GOP is poised to nominate a candidate in Trump who is anti-democracy. Since launching his campaign, Trump has called for terminating the Constitution, lied about America's election system, and has vowed to use the prosecutorial power of the Justice Department as his personal tool for revenge. How will the press cover Trump in the coming year? To discuss, I'm joined by Jeff Goldberg, editor-in-chief of The Atlantic and moderator of Washington Week, and Jay Rosen, professor of journalism at New York University. Jay and Jeff, thanks so much for joining. Jeff, I want to start with you. The Atlantic's final edition of this year is from front to back, all about the stakes of a second Trump term. Why did you decide to do that? Uh, because I don't want to participate in the normalization of extremism. And I, I want to talk about the toxic environment here in Washington. Mm -hmm. You have Republicans who will say that the Justice Department is full of political operatives who are working to help President Biden and hurt President Trump. And they'll even say that the FBI should be defunded. Uh, what's your reaction to that kind of language? And, and what do you say on behalf of DOJ? Those claims? bear no resemblance to the Justice Department that I know. The Justice Department that I know is filled with dedicated men and women, investigators, lawyers, prosecutors, analysts, professional staff who get up every day, Pierre, they get up every day without regard to who's in the White House or who's in Congress. It really bothers me when uh, I hear those claims because um, it does a disservice to the men and women of the Justice Department. It contributes to the toxicity um, that... God, man, they are in full-fledged panic mode now. It's pretty scary, really. AP, can journalism save democracy? We've already played this game in 2020. I don't know why they keep doing it. White House, all upset because bad polls. I want you to go back to fucking 2016 to 2020. What did we do every day? Bad polls. Record polls. They don't even cover it like they used to. It's just, oh, polls are bad. And they pull it off, which is kind of crazy. This video is pretty much sums up the left for my eyes, and that's why, you know, you hear me cracking on the left more than you hear me cracking on the right. 
because this is a TikToker saying she hopes Republicans and their loved ones get diabetes out of nowhere and are traumatized it. Traumatized by it. This is what sane people say. Good afternoon. If you're a Republican voter, I want you to listen real close. I sincerely hope that someone who you can't live without, who your life would fall apart if that person disappeared off the face of the earth. If you're a Republican voter, if you are a die-hard GOP voter, I sincerely hope the person you love most gets a surprise attack of diabetes. I hope it comes out of nowhere. I hope it slaps you upside the head so fast and so hard that it leaves you traumatized. Diabetes. If you had any idea how hard it is to get diabetes medicine on time in the dosage you need, you have no idea what it's like. So for all of you Republican voters, I sincerely hope this Christmas season, my gift to you is a case of diabetes to the person you love most that comes out of nowhere. I hope one of you loses a limb to diabetes because then you're going to understand just how inhumane your own citizen voting record really is, okay? That's who you are, diabetes. I wish this upon Republican voters. I want you to learn firsthand just how bad you have made it for everybody else. You're going to, I wish this on you. I sincerely hope you get hit with diabetes. I hope it's the person you love the most. That's a nice person. But it's mega white Christian nationalists. We're really scared about those people. I don't see them on TV going to kill everybody. Red states see 2023 population growth as everybody leaves blue states because, of course, they are. And then we have Alex Garland's civil war, which is going to take us straight in to our woke section. And this is the first trailer. So we'll play this trailer. We're going to go into woke. And in the woke, you're going to have... Molly Hemingway is going to cover, um, oh, I'm screwing up, sorry, fact checkers, because we're getting into the, we're going to censor the fuck out of shit so Biden wins section of this revolution, which is going to remind us of 2019, 2020. 19 states have seceded. The United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything on. Are you guys aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America? We just try to stay out with what we see on the news. Seems like it's for the best. Citizens of America, the so-called Western forces of Texas and California have suffered a very great defeat. 
at the hands of the United States military. Mr. President, do you regret the use of airstrikes against American citizens? We're moving to D.C. today. We need to go down there. They shoot journalists on sight in the Capitol. Every instinct in me says this is death. What if? Every time I survived the war zone, I thought I was sending a warning home. Don't do this. But here we are. There's some kind of misunderstanding here. What? Well, you're American, okay? Okay. What kind of American are you? You don't know? <laughs> the Western forces will reach the White House on July 4th. Oh my God. Get in the car! Get in the car! We're gonna hang back. I'm not hanging back. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. God bless America. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. That are out there that help elevate left-wing news and information and, and hurt those media organizations that are not towing the government line, that are not towing the Biden administration line. And so, yes, the Global Disinformation Index says that if you're the New York Times and you have peddled the Russia collusion conspiracy, you have peddled the, Rav the Kavanaugh rape smear, you have lied about the effects of COVID lockdowns. If you've done all of these things, you get a, you know, get a perfect rating from them. If you have done anything to debunk those stories with real facts and real information, you are rated as risky or, or, or uh, not to be trusted. And this matters because your ability to compete in the news marketplace is affected by these groups. You know, they, they influence how people allocate advertising, how search algorithms are done. And GDI is just one, again, of hundreds of these groups. Now, Molly, this for-profit organization known as NewsGuard told The Angle, in part, that NewsGuard has never received any funding from the State Department to rate news sources. NewsGuard does not offer any technology that censors or blocks any content. Instead, we provide information so that each reader can decide for itself which outlets to trust. NewsGuard rates news and information websites based on basic apolitical criteria of journalistic practice. Um, Molly, they claim their role is being mischaracterized. And to this well, you our, say? Law our lawsuit is against the State Department for funding, promoting, marketing, and testing hundreds of censorship tools. The State Department actually put together a platform where they told government and military sources and educational institutions to come check out these hundreds of censorship tools. And again, NewsGuard and GDI are just two of the hundreds of these things. But it is also true that NewsGuard and GDI have received funding. There, there are lots of different 
federal agencies that have funded or helped helped launch these various censorship technologies. It's not just the State Department. It's also the Pentagon. It's also the Department of Homeland Security. I think Americans would be really horrified to know how much of their taxpayer dollars have, have gone into not just helping launch some of these things, but also helping market, promote, and work with them. I mean, there's a reason why this censorship has been so effective. And it's not, you know, it's not any one thing, but there are lots of these companies, organizations, for-profit companies, and federal government agencies that are working together. And that's yeah. why, you know, in our lawsuit, we were also joined with the, with the state of Texas on some of these issues because it is so serious. Well, Molly, I think these marketing firms working with corporate advertisers, and then you get a little pressure from some of these more left-oriented groups, and that can spell trouble really fast because these corporate boards are just like, you know, such wussies that they'll just say, oh, no, we're going to just wrap up and we're not going to advertise in anything. It's just, and, it's and not more, the way to go. Let the people decide what works for them. And it affects every single issue out there. This type. All right, I know that was a long soundbite at the end there, but man, this shit is fucking out of control, man. It's just fucking out of control. This is from Nate Silvers. Every level, PolitiFact founder urges more social media suppression for 2024. Informing democracy is not enough in an age of rampant lies about election and public health and climate. Fact checkers need to be more assertive in getting truthful information to the audience that needs it. In 2024, they'll dream up new ways of getting the facts that people who need them. Fact checkers will be bold and think more like marketers trying to push content rather than publishers waiting for the audience to come to the website. So we're just going to push shit. Six-point election interference plan for 2024. Uh, let me see. One, verifying human users on social media, tracking IP addresses, watermarking AI-generated content, banning advertisers that do not comply with rules, using humans to fend off avalanche of AI-generated content, and investing in research. Or basically, suppress the right, because we don't like those motherfuckers, and let the left get away with whatever they want. And that's how it's been on social media since the fucking day it started. I mean, let's be honest, folks. I remember going to political chat boards back in the fucking day before most of you were even fucking born. And you could say anything as a lefty. But you couldn't say it as a righty. If you called somebody a hypocrite in some of these political chat rooms, you got banned. But they could call you all sorts of shit. I also played, uh, well, I haven't done the LGBTQ. Let's do this. This is, uh, mm, let me see. Pope Francis has gained an adoration of all for his LGBTQ inclusion. And then the next sound bite, uh, let me see. Have you met a six-year-old journalist declares children they know are, ch children's know they are trans. John Liss once thinks that if children as young as six feel very strongly that they're trans, then it's incumbent on people to assist that and to encourage them to be who they are. Millions of American Catholics prepare to mark the third Sunday of Advent tomorrow. The Pope's efforts to make the church more inclusive for LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus people and for women and urging vaccinations against COVID they're creating a growing rift between traditionalist American Catholics and the Vatican. Ali Rogan has more. 
Over the last 10 years, Pope Francis has gained the adoration of Catholics and non-Catholics around the world for his humility, care for the poor, and for steering the church to reform its stances on some social issues. While the most recent polling from 2021 shows Francis has the support of the majority of Catholics in the U.S., conservative clerics and lay people in America are some of his most vocal critics. In November, the Pope moved against two of his loudest detractors, Bishop Joseph E. Strickland and Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke, both Americans. If children want to feel very strongly about this issue, I think it's incumbent upon people to assist that and to, to encourage them to, to be who they are. Now, that also, it's, it's dangerous for one point. If you are, you know, there, there might be parents at home who aren't as progressive and understanding and not necessarily, they might, have a, they might not have a backhand of abuse. Sorry, let but... me just pick you up on that there, though, because I, I, don't, I, I think you're absolutely wrong. So we're talking about primary school children, right? So when my kids go into school, if my son takes his inhaler at lunchtime, I think there's a reasonable expectation for me to say the school should tell me as a parent because when he goes home, I'll check his breathing before he goes to bed. So you are genuinely saying that this guidance that does allow for some exceptions, but this guidance that says to teachers, if your child socially transitions in primary school and secondary school, but in primary school... Parents should 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 be told. You're genuinely saying that that's wrong. I think it should be up to the child. Replies to that tripe. He shouldn't be anywhere near children. He is dangerous to them. If a child believes with all their heart they should have a big bar of dairy milk from breakfast, is the adult going to be led by child to say no? No, my son insists he was a ninja turtle two years ago. For fuck's sake, man. I don't. I, I understand the transgender stuff, and I understand there are people roaming the earth, treating people like garbage. That goes back to that kind thing. Just be fucking kind, and you won't treat people like garbage. But no, no, I say transgender. Oh, I fucked up. Here we go. Transgender woman charged for sexually assaulting children, simultaneously backed up by. Newsweek, trans activist Kendall Stevens arrest sparks mega uproar. Mega uproar. Because they said, yeah, look at this is happening. The left does that all the time. You say if anybody attacks a freaking synagogue, it's a conservative. And then we find out it's a lefty. Or when they shot up a school, we don't even release stuff. That's okay. Both sides do it, but oh, you can do it, but they can't. I got it. Madonna is still simulating oral sex. I only covered this because I'm going to tell you right now. When I was a kid, I went to the Like a Virgin tour, and she was not like the virgins I knew. I remember her going down on a guitarist with her mic, and I literally, I carbonated my hormones. I was 16. Mm. Still remember it. It's awesome. Now, I had that happen to me once prior to this, but still, it was cool. I'm abrosexual. It took me 30 years to realize it. So here is the actual term, since we've now come up with a, another fucking sexuality, which I just... You know, I, I was just talking the other day to a lady at the gas station. These Okay, Abro, for those of you who don't know what abrosexuality is, in layperson's term, it simply means when someone's sexual identity fluctuates and changes. I thought that was binary. 
gender fluid. But we were having the conversation, and I said, you know, the biggest problem I have with trans stuff, I don't give a fuck about it. But them getting pissed off all the time because we can't keep up with their shit when they're changing the shit every 10.3 seconds. Goddamn, man, give a brother a break. I have gay friends who can't keep up with all shit. I ask them shit all the time via email, and they're like, I don't fucking know what that is. That's some more fucking white liberal shit. It's just like everything I ask of African Americans, American Indian, whenever they come up with this shit, I ask people from that demo, and they go, I don't know. Tampons in the bathroom, men's care. Ah, Jesus fucking Christ. AI image generators are being trained by using explicit photos of children. Hidden inside the foundation of popular artificial intelligent image generators, a thousand images of child sexual abuse, according to a new report that urges companies to take action and address harmful flaw in technology they built. Those same images have made it easier for AI systems to produce realistic, explicit imagery of fake children, as well as transform social media photos of fully clothed children into nude ones. I'm telling you, the left has got a problem with MAP. Minor attracted people. We're going to get this second. We're going to play this. Everybody saw it, probably I'm Shapiro, but I'm playing it anyway. The new co-melon lane on Netflix is a boy in a dress and two dads. And yeah, we're, this is for two-year-olds. Thing that we know about you, you love to get up and dance. How about you break out those moves for your two biggest fans? not sure what to choose think about all the things you like to do just be you just be me yep when you're trying to decide think about all the things you like to do just be you just be me if it isn't political why are you doing this why are you doing this if it isn't political because you're doing it to two-year-olds. This is UK guideline for schools and colleges have statutory duties to safeguard and promote the welfare of all children. Schools and colleges have uh, should be respectful and tolerant place where bullying is never tolerated. Parents should not be excluded from decision taken by schools or college relating to quest for child to socially transition. Schools and colleges have specific legal duties that are framed by child's biological sex. There is no general duty to allow a child to social transition. And that is needed in America like yesterday. Just like yesterday. Meet Kendall Stevens, a prominent trans actor who was just arrested in Philly and charged with raping two minors. It's all over the place. Wanted to cover it again. Just want to make sure we covered it. All right, let's get to some of the other stuff. Um, let's do uh, what we got next. I never even put it in here. New York Times pissed off because Blue and Chipchilla have fathers present.
Look, uh, you seem like you've cheered up, Bingo. Maybe we can forget about that last dance mode. Oh, what? No fair! Okay, look, I'm gonna buy your last dance mode off you for, uh, ten... No, 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 twenty bucks. Pendant, no! Whoa, twenty dollar bucks? You can buy a yes-no button. Yeah, yeah, yes-no button. That thing sounds good. Please, Bingo. Pretty please. Not good parenting. Oh, here it is. Look, Bingo. You push this. Yes. <laughs> and if you push this one. No. What do you think? Do you want it? Yeah, should we get it? Uh, okay. Hey. No, 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 no. Well, no, that all worked no, out, no, didn't it, kids? No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Oh, Bingo, what's up? You want to tell us what's the matter, honey? Do you not like your yes-no button? No! But you said you wanted it! Hurry, inside voice! But she said she wanted it! So why is she upset? Is it because people keep taking things from you without asking? Yes! I thought so. Like when I took your last chip? Yes! And I took one of your dance modes? Yes! Well, I took one too, but I asked. We all asked. And she said, yeah. The thing that's gotten out of control on this is that people forget that most families are that way now. I mean, I'm sorry. They, they just are. To our 100 ways white people bullshit. We were on the 21. But when we do have something to say, listen, share articles relating to everyday experience of race. Okay, we're going to do this. Oh, we got to go back here. 31. If you have kids, buy them dolls of color and books with character of color. Here's a problem. Last time people did that for uh, Black Panther, you guys were pissed off that black people couldn't get it. And we were supposed to buy it and hand it to them. So which is it? Supporting crowdfunding campaigns for culture productive created by people of color if you can. Donate money to grassroots movements that are only for people of color. Support small businesses only for people of color. If you're upper middle class, try to avoid moving in an area that has low income people of color. Don't assume people of color can't speak English. Who the fuck does that? Also be patient if the English isn't perfect. In general, just don't assume you want to be white or want to assimilate. Recognize that you can't assume someone's religion based on how they look. Not all South Asians and Middle Easterners are Muslims. Not all black people are Christians. But you assume all white people are white Christian nationalists, you fucking bigots. And last but not long, remember that <laughs> or last but not least, remember that not all people of color are straight. Okay. IBM had DEI slides. I'm just going to show one because they're all the fucking same. That sounds racist, but I'm talking about the DEI, the DEI slides. The white's bad. Got it. Yeah, it's the same shit. Um, this this is a neighbor, all right? And this is the kind of shit you're seeing everywhere. And I, I don't know why. Um, morning, all reason uh, number two, 4209. I love our Tesla vehicles with a few, they warm up without poisoning my neighbor's air. Had the extreme pleasure of smelling this 20th century vehicle vomiting carbon dioxide and other harmful contaminants in my face this morning. My kids, this is Ryan 
Scanian, which is, is probably um, blocked people. Play here, man, because they warm the cars. Right to go so your rechargeable cars could just poison the air in somebody else's neighborhood where the power plant is. Folks, come on. What are we doing with this fucking electric car shit is the stupidest shit in the fucking world. I'm sorry. Get over yourself. It's not working. It's just not working. You're, you're not pulling it off. It actually is less carbon neutral than a gas car, costs way more money to operate, and people are getting rid of them because they realize they save money by going with gas because you guys can't figure out how to make them cheap because the chargers and all the shit that goes into it. Said it a million times. I said it a million times. I'll say it a million times and a million more times and times of millions. Folks, until you make it so it gets 400 miles to the gallon and it doesn't cost $2,000 to buy a charger and that it won't run up your electrical bill to some astronomical high number because we've now punished everybody who doesn't have hydroelectric, which is very few people in the country, people are going to say, go suck it. Just going to say, go suck it. So here's some fun stuff. What happens when an adult employee misgenders you intentionally? I mean, really, the employee that they are referring to stated she did not do it intentionally, but of course they had to bring other people into it. I support how he was treated. Cry about it. This is a Delta Airline employee dealing with one of these, you didn't guess my gender shit. And what about when adults employ misgenders you so intentionally? Sorry, while, she's talk, while he's talking, you're talking. You just misgendered me again. Okay. Multiple times. Gotcha. Both of you have. Sorry. Wasn't intentional, but if you yeah. want to take it personal, that's also. Well, okay. she did do it intentionally twice. You're talking to me too. You said she, and then you said he. You're being condescending, and if you want to continue, Ooh. I have Port Authority escort you out the building right this moment. If you want to play that game with me. Okay. Would you like to continue three days before Christmas? I really don't mind. I'm good. I'll just put this on. The next one we're going to do, trans activists calls to kill transphobes. Can't we just start stabbing transphobes at this point? Say something transphobic, you get stabbed. But it's the mega people. Not to be, like, overly dramatic or anything, can we just start stabbing transphobes at this point? Like, we have such a big problem of transphobic people being fucking idiots and not getting their shit kicked in. Can we just start kicking their shit in? It would be so much easier for everyone, every, the entire world would be so much better if we could just stab a transphobe. Say something transphobic, you get stabbed. The world would be beautiful. All right, then we have, uh, oh man, they just won't fucking stop fucking shit up. This is Snuffleupagus. Emo, Elmo, across this country, people of color, especially the black community, are being treated unfairly. This is a real scene from taxpayer-funded PBS. Across the country, people of color especially in the black community, are being treated unfairly because of how they look, their, their culture, race, and who they are. What we are seeing is people saying enough is enough. They want to end racism. No. I'm a, I'm a 
Oh, f- fuck me running. And then last but not least, before I do a This is America, we're going to do a, we're going to let this run. This is Southwest customer size policies going viral, and it's a short bite. We'll go straight into our lighter fare, which I'm going to play that. It's uh, 14 minutes long, but it's really interesting, or 13 minutes long, about um, the actual long version of um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and then we'll come in and I'm going to read a few things. Do it. This is America bite that just cracks me the fuck up and close this bad boy up. Welcome back to Culture Shock. It pays to be fat. Did you know that if you are overweight, you can get an extra seat right next to you on any Southwest flight completely free? Apparently, this has been a thing now for like 30 years, a policy for that many years, but I just saw a TikTok user post a video about this and her situation using the customer of size policy at the airport. Here's the video. Hi, it's okay. Um, I'm hoping to use your um, customer of size policy today. Yes, I'm leaving. Yes. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much for your help. May I have a seatbelt extender, please? Thank you very much. Thank you. So she gets a little ticket that looks like a boarding pass from the gate that she then sets on the seat next to her to indicate that that seat is taken by nobody but her, but it's her extra room because she's overweight. Free seats because you're fat? I would be so irritated if I'm trying to get a seat on a very packed flight where there's not a lot of options left and I think I found an open seat and then a woman has a little ticket this big sitting on the seat claiming, no, that's actually my seat because I'm large. The guidelines are if you're unable to lower the armrests or you're encroaching upon the seats next to you, aka you're spilling into the seats next to you, you can use the customer of size policy. Here's the thing. We shouldn't be giving these seats for free. They should be absolutely paying for two seats if they're taking away someone else's seat. Like, I get it. Not every obese person deserves to be judged for being overweight, blah, 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 blah. That's not my point. My point is that it's fat privilege. Why are they being rewarded for being overweight? If they are requiring special accommodations for their size, then it shouldn't be given for free. That's ridiculous. If that's the case, then thin people should get half price tickets if they're only taking up half of their seat. Customer of half size. Only fair. And not only is their extra seat being covered, but they can pre-board too. Ahead of everyone else, doesn't matter if you're person A1 in the line for your Southwest flight, you can pre-board to make sure that you have your two seats. Guaranteed. Mothers and fathers have to buy seats for their very young children who are often very antsy and very hard to deal with. So why does this person get a seat for free just because they can't fit into one? The first DVD I ever owned was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's one of those old-fashioned cardboard cases that was similar to the material used to package VHS tapes, 
It's one of those early DVDs that boasted interactive menus as a special feature in and of itself. But beyond that, the disc doesn't offer much new. I remember opening up the case though, and being surprised by the image before me. I had seen the film dozens of times, yet I couldn't ever recall seeing the scene pictured above the chapter index. It appeared to show the Griswolds and a Santa Claus dressed salesman at the Christmas tree farm early in the movie. But even with the advent of DVD and later Blu-ray and digital, this scene has yet to make it to any home video release, nor has any deleted scene for that matter, despite Warner Brothers repackaging it every other holiday season for a new edition. Talk about pissing your money away. I hope you can see what a silly waste of resources this was. But it seems a lot of people actually remember seeing this missing scene at some point. Throughout the 80s and 90s, it was commonplace for cable edits of movies to include scenes omitted from the theatrical cuts, in order to balance out the runtime with the commercial breaks. And it looks like this tree salesman scene was used in early cable edits of Christmas Vacation, as certain people remember watching it. Still, the scene has yet to surface on any home video release or online, and it got me thinking about other potentially deleted sequences from the movie. So I took a look through the shooting script, written by John Hughes, and was surprised by how many scenes were omitted. It's pretty obvious a good portion of them were filmed too, as there's little remnants of these scenes left in the final cut. You serious, Clark? Much like I've done with other films written by John Hughes, I've taken this script, production stills, and promotional material to highlight some of the scenes and line exchanges that were cut. I think we're all in for a very big treat. Just think of the finished movie as Cousin Eddie's, uh, shitter. Shitter was full! That was full of content and needed to be dumped, with these deleted scenes represented by the, uh, well, you know. No shit. So let's dive into the lost version of Christmas Vacation. Now, as far as the script goes, it's pretty close to what happens on screen for the first 10 minutes or so, with a lot of the dialogue being delivered verbatim as written. We're not driving all the way out here so you can get one of those stupid ties with the Santa Clauses on it, are we, Dad? No, I have one of those at home. What we're looking for today is the Griswold family Christmas tree. Ending with the Griswolds finding the perfect Christmas tree, and then Clark realizing he forgot to bring a saw. Did you bring a saw? The first noticeable omission is then indeed the scene where the Griswolds return to the parking lot to attempt to borrow a saw from a character named Jolly Jerry. Close up trailer door. It opens on a sour looking middle aged man, smoking a cigarette and wearing a dirty Santa hat. What? Close up Clark. He offers a friendly smile. I hate to trouble you, but I didn't bring a saw. The man puffs on his butt and blows smoke out of his nose. Rules say buyer provides own damn saw. He points to a painted sign on the trailer. A painted sign, black letters on white. It reads, Buyer pays in advance. Buyer don't use the ranch as a bathroom. Buyer don't cut down more trees than he paid for. Buyer provides own damn saw. Judging from the only production still available from this scene, it looks like it was also filmed as written, right down to the language on the sign. Close-up man. He scratches his nose and reaches around behind the door. Close-up Clark. He looks at the family. Sometimes you just have to ask nice. Close-up man. He holds up a shovel. This answers the question of how the Griswolds got the tree out of the ground, and while it's nice to get some explanation for that, the hard cut from Clark realizing he forgot the saw to the tree atop their car is worth deleting this scene. It is alluded to later in the movie though, when Clark says to Eddie, Yeah, yeah, I dug it out of the ground myself. 
Beyond that, little details seem to exist on this sequence. I can't even seem to find out who played the Jolly Jerry character. If you think you remember seeing this scene on cable TV growing up, leave a comment below, I'd love to hear more about it. Another small omission comes when the Griswolds get the tree home, and Clark has the family making their own Christmas decorations, explaining, You know kids, years ago people couldn't go out and buy their ornaments, they had to make them from things around the old prairie homestead. Colored balls of mud, wood shavings, bits of yarn and string, ox horns, donkey tails, prairie dog whiskers. I'll get the lights up and then I'll give you a hand. Close up Rusty. He reaches into a bowl of popcorn. Dad, this tradition stuff is pretty cool so far, but I think it might lose its charm if it extended to our gifts. I mean, you're not planning on making our presents, are you? Russ! We're here, Dad. Oh, there you are. Again, it doesn't do much to enhance the story, but it's fun to see how into the holiday Clark is from the start of the story. Once again, we can assume this scene was shot, as the homemade ornaments later appear on the decorated tree. The script continues pretty much beat for beat as it appears in the movie, right down to John Hughes scripting the advent calendar scene transitions. And even Clark's nervous fumbling when talking to the lingerie salesperson, Mary. Wouldn't be the Christmas shopping season if the stores were any less hooter than they are. Harder than they are. Whew, it is warm in here. There's a small exchange, though, that takes place after Rusty catches Clark flirting with Mary, and he tries to explain the situation to Rusty, saying, Boy, did I get a lot of shopping done, and that funny-looking gal back there was so helpful. Funny-looking? That wasn't fair of me. Unusual-looking. So tall and skinny and top-heavy. The wide hips, the narrow waist, the real big eyes and lips, and if her cheekbones were any higher, gee whiz, she'd have to open her mouth to put in her contacts. But she was nice, and she knew her underpants, and that's all that's important. Dad, she was cover girl material. Yeah, for like a medical journal, sure. Gee, I hope I remember where I parked the old Dixter, uh, truckster. Once again, cutting this scene right before these lines tightens the pacing, but it still would have been great watching Clark fumble his way around explaining things to his son. Can't see the line, can you, Russ? No. Very similar to this scene in the first vacation. With, well, not with girls. You think I was swimming with girls? It was just one girl. I saw her. Girl. Was that that girl? Oh, no, that's a waitress. No, I was just ordering in. She's a... Skipping ahead a bit, there's a scene where Clark goes up to the attic to hide Christmas presents. And finds a forgotten Mother's Day gift in the process. Evidently, the gag didn't stop there, as Clark continued to find forgotten presents for his wife throughout the attic. There's even a still image that seems to showcase Clark finding one of these gifts. Now, while Clark gets trapped in the attic, the rest of the family goes shopping. But in the script, we cut back and forth between Clark and his family at the mall. Here's one of those scenes where we would have seen Clark's parents at the mall trying to decide what to get Rusty for Christmas. I don't see you anything wrong with getting Rusty an air rifle. That's what he wants. Ellen said no, you heard her. All right, Clarky had one when he was a boy, and he put out all the windows in the garage and you threw it away. No, I think he'll be just as thrilled with a manicure set. Yeah, you're right. There's nothing more important to a young fellow than well-groomed fingernails. The set also includes a nifty toenail clipper. That's a heck of a nice deal, especially in the summer. It's fun to see the family characters expanded upon a bit, but I can understand why these scenes were cut. And speaking of family, two of the best characters in the movie enter in its last act. Uncle Lewis and Aunt Bethany. It isn't every day somebody moves into a new house. They didn't move into a new house. Now, although Uncle Lewis seems to be related to Clark, as he appears in the old home movie he watches, 
In the script, it's written that they're Ellen's aunt and uncle. As Rusty explains to his cousin, Who are the old geezers? That's your mom and my mom's great aunt and uncle. What's so great about them? You're not doing anything constructive. Run into the living room, get my stogie. I'm not sure if this was something that they changed during filming or what, but the surprising element is that in the script, Uncle Lewis and Aunt Bethany have quite a bit more dialogue than what appears in the movie. And it's all just as quotable as what makes it in the final cut. For instance, later in the movie when Uncle Lewis sets the tree on fire while lighting his stogie, Rocky asks his dad if Santa is still coming. Will Santa Claus still come? That's a good question, Rock. Catherine, if the trees, of course he'll still come, Rocky. If he's smart, he'll stay well clear of this joint. It's a death trap from stem to stern. Lewis's line here actually made it into one of the trailers. If Santa is smart, he'll stay well clear of this joint. It's a death trap. Adding to the evidence that a lot of these exchanges were filmed and later cut to tighten the pacing. Damn it, Bethany, he guessed it. In the squirrel scene, there's some truly twisted dialogue emitted from Lewis as well, as the squirrel eventually runs up Bethany's skirt. Close up Bethany. A puzzled look on her face. She grimaces and gives a yank on her undies. Oh my, I hope somebody got me a girdle. This one's pinching and binding something terrible. The family's in horror as they watch Bethany. Their point of view. Bethany is still unaware of what's up her skirt. We can see the squirrel scrambling around her lap. Close up, Lewis and Clark. He looks up from Bethany to Clark. You can write that son of a bitch off. Nothing goes up there and lives to tell about it. But one of my favorite deleted lines from them comes shortly after they arrive. Clark, that's the ugliest goddamn Christmas tree I've ever did see. What the hell did you do to it? He reaches out and touches it. I'm glad I'm not sleeping here tonight. You and me both. This son of a bitch can't wait to catch fire and kill a household. Hmm, boy, do you smell that? Oh dear, I'm so sorry. The turkey, Bethany. He's smelling the turkey. Oh dear. Did I break wind? Now, in the scene where the turkey is, uh, served, the movie cuts right to everyone trying to eat it. But in the script, Clark notices something else inside the turkey. Close up Clark. He fishes through the debris and comes up with a can of prepared poultry stuffing. Ed, did you make the dressing? Close up Eddie. He smiles. I gotta confess, Clark. It's the store-bought. Found it in the RV last night. All you gotta do is pop the top and serve it up. You want to load me up with a little more there? It is good! <laughs> Again, that cut from Clark looking at the turkey to the whole family works great as is. So seeing this dialogue cut is of no real detriment to the movie. It's just fun to see Eddie's stupidity know no end. Does your cat by any chance eat jello? I don't know about the cat, but I sure am enjoying it. <laughs> While the movie is definitely filled with ad-libs and quips that were not scripted, I have to hand it to John Hughes for just how perfect the dialogue was written here. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're gonna press on, and we're gonna have the hap-hap-happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny f***ing K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney tonight, he's gonna find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. One of my favorite lines in the movie, and one I for sure thought had been ad-libbed, was Clark's outburst after receiving his Christmas bonus. But if you look at the script, it appears pretty much verbatim, right down to the Tylenol. You wanna tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood... 
sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? The rest of the movie follows pretty much as written, with one or two minor exceptions. But every piece of quotable dialogue, you know, the lines that you see on t-shirts and merchandise every Christmas season, comes verbatim from John Hughes' script. Where do you think you're gonna put a tree that big? Bend over and I'll show you. You've got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. I wasn't talking to you. And in trimming out most of the stuff I featured in this video, the movie really only feels much tighter as a result. A lot of sap in here. Some of the biggest laughs come from those hard cuts from scene to scene. Still, it'd be nice to see some of this deleted footage out of context, for no other reason than showcasing just how great every performance is in this movie. You have to check every bulb. A little knot here. You work on that. Now before we wrap up, there's one final scene deleted that would have come after the end credits that I feel should have been left in. After Uncle Lewis throws away the match that ignites the explosion and sends Santa and his sleigh. Okay, for our This Is America articles, this is a real thing. What could happen if we just stopped oil? Six billion might die. It's difficult to see how an immediate ban on fossil fuels will allow civilization to continue and flourish. <clears throat> He's right. I'm wearing a shirt. This is my sleep token shirt. Yes. Anything you have is polyester. My hat. Bottle. Your friggin' phone. Everything's got Petro in it. And when we talk about banning it, we're not talking in the real world. You gotta look at what we've done because of the fa the our ability to harness fuel, oil. It changed our world. We have reduced CO2 emissions by insane amount by just having catalytic converters and governing it. And car manufacturers, because not every state wanted to be like California and Oregon and treat you like you're in a communist country, well, they just got forced to do it. So fuel, gas, emissions, we've changed so much. When I was a kid, Jesus Christ, my 67 Chevy pickup, when it started, it, it would put a hole in the fucking ozone. V8, four-barrel carburetor, and that thing was horrible. We don't have that anymore, you know? So I, I just don't think people realize what they're doing. And then this was on Ben Shapiro, and I just got it. Fired for his act of love in the Senate. Aiden Mays Karposky act was symbolic and brave because in a world full of hate, displays of love are rebellious. We should bend over to a party that hates. We must do the opposite. We shouldn't bend over to a party that hates. We must do the opposite. Now, I, I, once again, I don't give a fuck if you're gay. I don't care if you eat a bag of dicks. That's you, man. Have fun. This was a place where you guys literally let people do an insurrection during Kavanaugh and hearings. And I mean, you guys said this was a holy place that those evil mega motherfuckers fucked up 
with their insurrection. <clears throat> so because I love you all so much, I'm going to turn off my earbud. And we're going to reinstate an old fun thing. Yes, you know what it is. You know what time it is. What time it is is to back that shit up and pull out the piano music. Piano music. Sad. Oh, here it comes. Unless you've been living under a rock, you've already seen the viral video made the rounds on every social media feed. Republicans just can't stop watching the eight-second clip featuring two men embracing each other in love. While you can briefly see an empty room in the background. It turns out one of those love-making men was Aiden Mays Kropotsky. And the room was recognized by some as the Senate hearing room. Goddamn bigots. We get it. It's the most important room in America. It was in the very room that Sonia Sotomayor herself had a confirmation hearing, and one that despite an entire oligarchy. This is where James Comey exposed the Russian interference and said there was no Russian interference. We're, we're, not, we're gonna forget that? Once again, it, it, it wasn't true. To the chagrin of the treason party. Who is this fucktard? This is on Afru.com, and the writer is Afru Staff, so nobody wanted to put the fucking name on it. <laughs> At the time when the LGBTQ community is under existential threat by a white fragility <clears throat> feeling threatened, open displays of LGBTQ culture are necessarily brave. In some ways, Aiden's act mirrored that of Anne Frank who dared to express her honest thoughts and feelings, even as she hid from the rabid, insurrectionist-style death squads. I'm going to read that again. In some ways, Aiden's act mirrored Anne Frank, who dared to express her thoughts in a diary as she hid from the insurrectionist-style death squads. So Anne Frank, a girl who was writing down things so that it could be documented about a fucking genocide that you guys support right now for the 2,000 Jews that got killed. You don't give a fuck about that shit. You think paragliders are fucking cool. Is the same as two dudes butt-fucking in a room that you said is sacred ground in a capital that's sacred ground that whole area of the, the fucking buildings of the senate I can't remember the name of it I've been to it like seven times but I can't fucking remember those are holy ground AOC was almost raped in a building that was way way away from the insurrection but we were told she was almost raped that's what you told us interesting Sorry, I need to save this music because I keep on forgetting to keep it whenever I do this tomfoolery, and I'm going to keep it now. Let us continue. 
This, his dismissal sparked a familiar conversation about the boundaries of personal expression and the repercussions faced by those who challenge the status quo. But because Aiden is from the LGBTQ community, he could stand to lose so much more than money, reputation, or career. And let's pause the music for a second. When I was in the military, I couldn't even kiss my fucking wife when I came home from deployments. If I was in uniform, I could not kiss my wife. It was a rare thing that during a promotion or an award, the wife could kiss the cheek, just the cheek. And now LGBT, wife to wife, male to male, that's what UCMJ said. There There was no PD fucking A in uniform. But I once again want to say, this is Anne Frank. Anne Frank. Let's recognize the fallout from the incident for what it is. Stochastic far-right attack on gay right activists. So he's an activist because he's butt-fucking in a Senate room. As Republicans fire up their hate machine in preparation for the 2024 election, Aiden's very life is now in line. His life is on the line. Let's not fool ourselves. Right-wing attacks will scream with ever-increasing pitch from the dark web, radio stations, and social media channels until some insurrectionist nut job picks up a gun and intended consequence have become fait accompli. So let's redo the stochastic because we know we covered again. Randomly determined having a random probability distribution pattern that may be analyzed statistically, but may not be predicated precisely. So what you just said is we're going to have stochastic terrorism, which technically is random and we cannot predict, but you just predicted it. So basically, you don't even know the fucking word, and that's why I read the definition, because we've already gone down this fucking road, and these people keep on coming up with stochastic terrorists because it's a fancy word that sounds really intelligent, but you're a fucking moron because you don't even know what the fucking thing means. It means you can't predict it. But you are predicting it. You're literally saying there's going to be terrorism, but you can't, with the word that says, you can, what the fuck, man? I don't have a college degree. You people do. But I do know you're fucking idiots. You're 100% fucking percent idiots. I, you're just fucking idiots with this shit. Now more than ever, we need to circle the wagons around Aaron Kaposky and say with a unison voice, Aiden's termination by Senator Ben Cardin is an affront to individual freedoms as it sends a chilling message about the consequences of expressing love in public in a political space. Once again, I don't give a fuck where you're from. I don't care if your fuck of choice is a billy goat. You don't billy goat fuck in fucking public. It's called exposure. You get on the sexual registry for fuck's sake. If I take a piss out in public, me pulling out my little wiener is going to get me on a list if they want to press the charges because that's the fucking rules. You guys come up with it. And because I'm a white guy, of course, I'm a white male. I'm international. I'm al- already an insurrectionist. I'm a racist. I'm a transform. I'm a sex pho- sex phobe or fucking homophobe. Sex phobe. I am a sex phobe because I've had sex forever. But that has nothing to do with it. Um, Freaking name it. I'm it. 
because I'm a white dude, middle-aged, bald. I'm a veteran. That makes me a total insurrectionist. Aiden's prosecution by Capitol Police is a blatant political corruption and weaponization of justice against a marginalized person by the fucking DOJ fuckweeds. It isn't the right doing it. You can't butt fuck in a Senate's chamber. You can't regular fuck. There doesn't be any fucking. There's no fucking there. It's a no fuck zone. Do we need to put up signs for this shit? Is it pretty obvious you just don't fuck where you feel like you want to fuck? I mean, when I was a fucking drill sergeant, I had people fucking in Dixie dumpsters on Chet, on fucking first sergeant's desk. Yeah, I didn't bust them because I remember being 17 and seeing a very ugly African-American woman with no teeth wearing a bandana who weighed 400 pounds. Day one of basic, I thought she was hideously ugly. Day whatever the fuck 13 weeks is, I wanted to freaking mate that woman like you wouldn't believe. I wanted that woman so bad, but I was 17. A little horny. AIDS persecution by the right wing, nut jobs, nut bars, a nut bar. We're talking payday, Snickers. Writ large is a threat to his life and the life of every LGBTQ individual in the country. This cannot stand. Fight. The fight has just begun. Here are the responses. Author didn't take credit for this because it's quite literally the most moronic article to have been published on the internet. Only place this belongs is a Babylon B. Sorry, don't do the crime. You can't do the time. Arrest, prosecute, jail time. Sexual offender status. He did this for the notoriety. 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 I cannot speak today. You know what I meant. Well, he got it. Enjoy the baby batter in prison. That's fucking crude. If there ever was a case to make against affirmative action DI, reading this is. Facts. This is disgusting sex act. Film the Senate. Gay, straight, trans, whatever. It's nasty and do thing. Man should be blocked. And from holding any public office to become a lawnmower or something. This is so nasty. And I thought the Biden administration couldn't get any lower. And Frank, what the fuck? That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I just fucking believe And Frank, man. God Damn, if this was anywhere else, if anywhere else, I just, oh. And then they got an article with it. What? All right, I'm going to go, okay, for the next 10 seconds, okay, I'm going to do the video, and then I'm doing this. This is fucking hilarious. This is so fucking hilarious. I just found an article next to it off the same website, and they're serious, though. The six things guys shouldn't do with their wieners. That, that's an article from this website who just said Anne Frank is is as brave as a dude having gay sex. Take the gay out of it. Sex. In the Senate. That's religious liberty or fucking whatever the fuck they just said. Jesus Christ on a popsicle stick. Okay, so go in line with this. Or this is America. Making the rounds this weekend, I saw some fucking shit about how Jingle Bells is Confederate, and I, fuck it, I found a video. These people have nothing better to do with their lives. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. 
This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Christmas carols. You either love them or you hate them, and there's no Christmas carol quite like Jingle Bells. It's been covered by the stars, parodied and satirized, and even has its own jokey lyrics. But Jingle Bells actually has the most surprising story of any Christmas carol. Originally, it wasn't called Jingle Bells, and it had nothing to do with Christmas at all. One Horse Open Sleigh, a jaunty melody for the American holiday of Thanksgiving, was written by James Lord Pierpont in 1857. He was a songwriter best otherwise known for being the uncle of John Pierpont Morgan, the founder of J.P. Morgan, the massive investment bank, and for sadly supporting slavery and the South during the American Civil War. It was originally a drinking song. Given the content of the song's lyrics, historians think it's unlikely that it was intended to be a song for family-friendly occasions. The original Jingle Bells sure has some lyrics, ranging from a verse about a lean and lank horse having a crash, to the need to go out with girls while you're young, to this amazing verse where the narrator falls over in the snow and... A gent was riding by in a one-horse open sleigh he laughed as there I sprawling live but quickly drove away Because we all know that laughing at injured people in the snow sure is the spirit of Christmas. Jingle Bells has even changed its tune over the years. Originally, the song's chorus was a bit more complicated than it is today, even melancholic. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way Oh, what joy it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way Oh, what joy it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh so you can see how over time, the kinks have kind of been hammered out. Today, the chorus is just super simple major chords, like ones, fours, and fives. The basic building blocks of pop harmony, which makes it that bright, almost too joyous carol we all know and listen to. So, to recap, Jingle Bells originally wasn't called Jingle Bells, it didn't have anything to do with Christmas, and it didn't really sound like it does today. And it still became one of the most popular songs on planet Earth. It was even the first song performed in space by two Gemini 6 astronauts in 1965, who smuggled a harmonica and sleigh bells into space to play the song. Which just goes to show for all the budding songwriters out there that if you don't get it right first time, just give it a little over a hundred years of near legally enforced playing during a holiday season and you too might just write that song that jingles all the way. You know, if you go back in time almost everything could be construed as bad you know and you can't but i think this what's so fucking annoying about all of this 
is that that's all these people do. I mean, their whole thing is to go back in time and say everything's fucked up. And I agree, you know, we were a racist country. We had slavery. Guess what? Every fucking country had some kind of slavery. We were a racist country. We were sexist. Every fucking country was sexist as fuck. Even when they had queens, they were sexist as fuck. But we corrected it. Every country treated homosexuals horrible. Then we corrected it. Every country is delving into how can we fucking grapple with this trans thing that is growing so big because they live on the internet and they, they fucking own people. Like, we're all their bitches. We're all trying. I'm going to save the wiener thing for next podcast because it's really fucking funny and I, I really should stop saying wiener. It's not very fucking manly. Um, but this Afro site, I am going to be delving into this Afro. This thing is some kick-ass crazy, man. This is some next-level crazy shit. Is that Anne Frank stuff? I I remember watching on Shapiro. We were eating dinner, and I literally spit my freaking drink out. I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. Really? Um, so, if you look for nothing but negative, that's what you find. And I'm saying that because I'm having a good day. I mentally have a good day. I went to the shrink today, got a plan, go back the ninth. They're going to med me because I have uh, 15 out of 20 depression. So I'm pretty bad. And I talked about a lot of things that I've never talked to people about just in one session for one hour. About how I'm checking out daydreaming and crushing and being weird and just just being fucking weird. And I'm going to fix it. For the first time in my life, I'm fixing it. I put it off in 2006. I put it off in 2014. I put it off in 2019. Not putting off in 2024. I'm going to fix my brain. Stop being so horrible. And that's how I want to stop this show on today. I'm going to play this soundbite from right before Chester Bennington committed suicide. I don't know if anybody out there can relate, but like, I have a hard time with life. Sometimes. Sometimes it's great, but a lot of times for me, it's really hard. And, um, and no matter how I'm feeling, like, I always find myself like struggling with certain patterns of behavior. I find myself like stuck in like, in like the same thing that's keeps repeating over and over again and I'm just like how do I end up how am I in this and it's that moment where you're in it and then you kind of separate yourself from that situation and you look at it and you see it for what it is and you you're able to then do something about it like you've you've now broken out of that that circle that cycle and is it is it a uh, are you kind of because first the first couple of lines on the track make me think that you were like overthinking things in your life is it like a you're it could be i mean yourself? i mean honestly like there's so many there's so many circumstances that for me that relate to this situation but like i know that for me when i'm inside myself when i'm in my own head it gets this place right here this 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 skull between my ears that is a bad neighborhood and i am <laughs> i should not be in there alone <laughs> I need. I can't be in there by myself. What are you talking about? It's just. You just. You just. It's insane. Crazy, man. It's crazy in here. 
This is a bad place for me to be by myself. That's like I recorded it. It's been that way since probably 2005. But I just kind of had my shit together. I could stay focused. I could stay happy. But something happened to me that I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was combat and getting scared that one time and the multiple times almost crashing. I don't know if it was just loneliness and I got so damn drunk all the time that I just phased things out. But I've ignored it for so long, but that is my monologue. My monologue is always, I'm garbage, I'm not good enough. And unfortunately with this new life where I've been sick and fighting something that I don't know, they don't know how to fix, and this severe illness where, you know, there's just, if you new to this podcast where I just didn't fucking record anything, I couldn't even go downstairs to a podcast because it used to be downstairs. Couldn't do it. Now that booth's just full of shit. <laughs> I feel full of crap, but, you know, I, I could not do it. I was too sick. I would try to do a show and I'd get so nauseous, want to vomit all day long. And then it hurt. So from there and now, it's 10, 10 times better. But there's just days I wake up and I can hear a song and start crying. I don't even know why I'm crying. I have no fucking idea what I'm crying about, but it just hits me. And it's ridiculous. So I'm going to get fixed. And that's the reason why. I saw that video by accident. I was watching a thing on YouTube and it just popped up about Chester Bennington, the last days of Chester Bennington. And I remember when Chris Cornell and him died, it was a lot like when Kurt Cobain. Those are literally the only three celebs that I gave a fuck about. I remember Cobain, I was in the Mojave Desert, me and a good friend who turned out to be a dick and wouldn't come visit me when I was in Tucson. He, uh, he and I sat in a patrol base back to back singing Nirvana songs. And I remember being so sad because I just loved that band. And I was really young. I was in my 20s. But when Chris Cornell and Bennington did it, it hit me because it was things I was thinking. Because I was suffering at that time. You know, I knew what was wrong with me. I kept on feeling like I wasn't living life to a level that was worthy of the people I knew. The dozen dudes I know that died in combat And I was coupled with the feeling that because I got out, which was based on I was going to stay in the Mojave and I was going to go nowhere. I was going to go to war. I wasn't going to be able to help my buddies. I wasn't going to do anything. I was going to stay in that fucking trailer for another another two years. And I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. I was at the end of my rope. But getting out in the army in 2005 when Iraq was a total clusterfuck and dudes are dying by the dozen every week, I felt so guilty. I'd wake up like that Taking Chance. It was an HBO movie that I can't watch because it was me and I would check the KIA list every fucking day. And I didn't even know why I was doing it. But it was guilt. And then I buried it. But I remember when I started with US Cav and I started getting a bunch of goddamn pressure and I would just, I remember saying these words to people like, I don't feel comfortable in my skin. I just never felt comfortable 
once I took off the goddamn uniform. For some reason, I lost all confidence in me. I couldn't motivate myself to fucking think past anything. I just was weird. But I patch it up. And I move on. And then things would fall apart. And I patch it up. And things would fall apart. And now we're just at the bottom of the... I ain't got no Bondo. I got no more tape. Got no more glue. I have depression. I know I do. It's not anxiety. It's just depression. It's hereditary. For God's sake, all my family members, other than Matt, who's badass, we don't... We all have it. We deal with it. And... I'm done with it. You know, said it before on the show, I'm an average guy. I was always an average guy. I was never great at anything, and I was never really bad at anything. I was just average. And that's okay. I can deal with that. But an average guy who hates himself every five fucking seconds, that's miserable, man. So I ain't doing it anymore. And I'm not going to check out and daydream and so I stopped taking that medicine. I went down to 25 milligrams and I feel better because I was a, z- a zombie just staring out in space daydreaming about I don't even know what the fuck I was daydreaming about. But I wasn't present because I didn't want to face the reality that I was super depressed. So I doubt anybody out there needs counseling for me or help or advice or anything it's just some rando dude you're running into on SoundCloud but I played that because there are people like me there's a lot of us there's more of us that walk around feeling like we're inept than there are people walking around thinking they're awesome so get help if you need it that wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Show your family friends. Go to Flyover Politic with K on SoundCloud or 482467 on Rumble. com if you want to contact the show and tell me I fucking suck. We'll go with our next show on 30 December. Year of Lord, 2021. I'm going to do a end of year. I've got a few things we're going to play. We're going to do, I got a pile of TikTok bullshit. Going to try to do a couple, um, uh, Music reviews, got a few new songs I like, and uh, we'll close this year out and get ready for 2024. Disconnect from all your devices, don't give the yeah yeahs, and tune back in on the 30th. As always, thanks for listening. Take care. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. It's seven lives.